You're listening to Fox on the Wire Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Fox on the Wire. I am your host, Acoustic Fox, and you can call me Craig. How's everybody been? Good, I hope. It's been a little while since the last episode. Uh, I've been keeping pretty busy. I uh, released a new single called This Time. That was about a month ago now. Uh, It is available on all streaming platforms and I'm just about to release a lyric video for it. So please keep an eye out for that. Hope you like it. Let me know if you do and even if you don't. I hope everybody's been keeping well, keeping productive and creative and positive. Um, We're still on this wild ride that is called the year 2020. Got a really cool episode for you today. Uh, I speak with Matt Weaven from Doomity Records. Uh, Matt and I have known each other for over a decade now, so it was really cool to get him on the podcast and talk about his record label a lot of things you might find really really interesting and really helpful and we talk for a good hour about lots of different things so i think you're going to really enjoy it before we get into today's episode let's uh thank our sponsor of fox on the wire which is muses of mystery so halloween is almost upon us so muses of mystery is melbourne's finest witchcraft and occult destination and a proud supporter of fox on the wire thank you very much Muses of Mystery offers services and supplies to the local and international pagan communities. Conveniently located in the heart of Melbourne CBD and online at musesofmystery.com, they specialise in spiritual books, jewellery, spell supplies, occult teachings, spell consultations, intuitive tarot readings, Reiki and other energetic healings. Muses of Mystery stock all the ingredients and supplies to enhance your magical practice, offering a safe, friendly and understanding service to a diverse community, as well as the curious. So, in collaboration with Fox on the Wire, spend a minimum of $50 on their online store at musesofmystery.com and mention Fox on the Wire in the comments section with your online order and receive a free mystery gift with your order. Halloween is almost upon us, so that's the place to get all your supplies. Thank you very much, Muses of Mystery. All right, without further ado, let's get into today's episode with Matt Weaven from Doomity Records. Enjoy. Welcome to the show, Matt Weaven from Doomity Records. How you doing, Matt? Yeah, good, thanks, Craig, mate. Yeah, good. How about you? Yeah, pretty good. Great to uh, finally have you on the show. You've had a few mentions at the start of a a few previous episodes with um, WA artists that I've had on uh, because you've sort of thrown their names my way and um, we've been able to have a chat with them on the show. Yeah, I think um, it's only healthy try and make more of a connection between WA and Vic um, in that scene. So, yeah, no, it's been good to see that and a few more artists getting out there and seeing the podcast grow a bit, which is great. Yeah, it's nice to sort of bridge that gap uh, Mm -hmm. between Vic and WA, especially with us still being in lockdown over here. It feels a bit isolating, so it's nice to be able to reach across the other side of the country. Yeah, it's been a tough year for everyone, hasn't it? And um, fortunately for us, we're starting to see some live music creep out more and things like that, so we've been pretty fortunate in that area. Um, and being this time of year, it's my favorite time of year with spring and 
um, the sports and and stuff. So it's it's kind of feels good that we're coming out of this, and and Victoria has been really successful um, in tackling this virus. So we're all pretty thankful for that. So how how is the live music scene going over there? Is it sort of really stepping up week after week and getting back back into it? It is. There's a lot of, um, unfortunately, there was a lot of festivals that, that couldn't go ahead mm. in recent months. Quite a few of them were, were quite big and a lot of the um, coordinators and uh, people behind those events, you know, my heart goes out to them. It's been a tough time there. But yeah. thankfully, um, yeah, it's all creeping back in now and, um, yeah, we're excited about the summer and seeing a lot more live music in Perth. And the Perth music scene is really, I think, in comparison to Melbourne, it's a little bit more intimate. Um, mm. When you go to shows and stuff, it feels really um, feels really nice. When you're in Victoria, it's, it's more about mass. Um, yeah. And the expectations in Melbourne are quite high too, um, with so many bands playing all the time. Yeah. But in Perth, I think, yeah, if, when, when people wrap around artists that they like it's a great atmosphere it shows and yeah it's good so we're looking forward to summer and hoping to see a lot more yeah so uh, from what i can see you know from the the few artists that i've spoken to from wa uh in the last few months it does seem like a pretty tight-knit sort of community which is really cool um yeah, yeah. whereas melbourne you know a lot of us know each other but uh mm. you know we might not bump into each other as much on the scene as maybe you guys do over there so yeah and i think um throughout the lockdown period there was i know around the sound magazine was doing a lot of stuff for free um so you know it's been good to see the community support there and a lot of people donating their time and their effort to try and help artists um without charging them yeah so um yeah cool now we're here today here today to talk about Doomity Records, which is your mm-hmm. your baby. You're the the founder, the head honcho, and all of that. Um, so tell us a little bit about Doomity Records. Um, how did the label start? Yeah, um, I recall many years ago um, playing some shows in Melbourne, and your your band was around at the time, Own Kind, mm-hmm. um, and. A lot of my friends are in the skate community um, and we came up with this idea. I contacted Vic Rocks at the time and said, what do you think of this idea? And they thought it was great. Um, It was basically infusing uh, music, creativity, skate, um, incorporating it all into a a culture. Yeah. Um, And back then it was called Impending Doom. Yeah, um, impending doom records, and um, we used to give away a lot of shirts and go to skate comps and support our friends there. Um, and then over time, um, I got back into, I, I sort of pivoted my focus back towards what I do as a songwriter, and um, put it on the shelf for a while because it was, it, was, it seemed to be really um, something that would need some capital to get going. So. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, and then when I started to get more serious about it and I looked into the title, there was a lot of bands um, around the world um, with Impending Doom as a name and it was sort of going to clash with our 
with our branding, I guess. So um, I noticed that when I was going to skate parks and things and catching up with crew, they started to call me Doomity. Uh, and and it was just a nickname that stuck. And I thought, oh, maybe that could work, you know. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we rebranded in that fashion. Um, and over time, especially in recent years, it's just become more and more valid as an approach. Um, and, um, yeah, we're starting to, to get somewhere now and starting to see some good artists get out, get out there and, um, support them. And, um, it's been growing along quite nicely for the last year or two and just gets more exciting. Cool. <laughs> Yeah, I um I remember walking around sporting the impending doom t-shirt uh a good decade ago, <laughs> cool. I reckon, even more. Yep. Um yep. I sort of wore that thing out actually. <laughs> so yeah. you were still That's you cool. were still in Melbourne at that stage, weren't you? And yeah, then, I was. I've been in I've been in Perth for 10 years now. Um, right. But yeah, back then and and the band I was in upstream as you know, we we did over 200 shows and did a lot of community stuff in Vic and, um, yeah, it was a great experience. It was a real journey. Um, mm-hmm. I imagine you could probably say the same. Um, yeah. It was just a wild time back then and none of us knew what was happening in the industry. Uh, we were selling CDs out of car boots, you know, um, but wondering how do we get a CD and JB Hi-Fi and, you know, how do, how do we expand back then? And the, mm. the music industry was really, really on the verge of um, – well, they were up, uploading all the libraries to, to um, online and it was just a whole new world opening up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, things have changed a lot since then. Yeah. So, uh, what's the, what's the philosophy, philosophy behind the label? Um, obviously, does it still include uh, like skating? Is that sort of still a part of the label? Yeah, we're, we're looking into that at the moment. Um, because um, it was always in the mix, and um, but I, I guess the overall philosophy is if you look at music or skate, any of those industries that are really tough, um, mm. and you know it's a real grind and no guarantee of success. Um, it, it can feel quite heavy at times, whether you're an artist or anyone in that industry. Those industries, um, it's a real challenge, and. Um, the whole idea is to lift up these people, give them more of a um, outlet to um, to grow and um, to prosper. So, yeah. Um, but as you know, it's a, it's a very tough industry, the music industry especially. So, yeah, I, I vaguely remember you talking about um, like uh, getting artists into skate mags as well. Am I imagining that, or was yeah, that, you know, we sort did of cross- it. We did a lot of that cross. Cross yeah. promotion, yeah. Um, yeah. And now we're getting back in touch with a few of those those guys in skate as well and looking at how can we, um, you know, get more involvement there. We, we're probably going to announce a pro skater on our team soon. Cool. Um, and, yeah, across board sports, I think mainly, like skate, snow, surf. Um, and the whole idea is like is is – is to expand and create a lifestyle culture that engages everyone from the fans right up to the artists involved, people in skate, etc. So, um, yeah, it's always been the plan and now we're looking at pushing, uh, pushing forward on that, um, on a lot of those ideas we had in the background for yeah. a long time. <clears throat> T- 
do you find that um, some skaters uh, and even surfers are actually musicians as well? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah it's funny you say that. Yeah. Yeah. So it fits in nicely. Um, and sometimes I think um, people just need a home, mm. you know, um, to, to really expand. So we're looking at um, what's always been like a, a modern platform that we're trying to build. Um, and from the artist's perspective as well, we're not a traditional label. A lot of people can perceive us as a tra- traditional label. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's often a bit of a, um, you know, it takes time to explain what a digital label is about. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, but the the positives are there. Um, and our team around the country, a lot of people contribute to what we do uh, creatively um, with art, film, etc. So. Um, yeah, we're excited about the next few years and, and what we can do to help artists and, and those alike. So, um, yeah, it's looking good. Cool. How do the um, how do the contracts work with artists and those that you sort of mm-hmm. take on board at the label? Sure. So, on a daily basis, we, we do a lot of artists and we're usually helping them with release. So, we do have like industry sessions where I often meet up with bands and we you know, give them a heap of resources, our Doomity Bible. And then if they need support in a release, then we, we offer that. Some artists can't afford the big money, the big spend on PR, et cetera, like that. So we try and reshape campaigns, um, to suit the budget and to suit the artist. Um, but they're, they're, they're artists that aren't on the label. They're just people we like to help and, and like to get involved with. So um, like on the contract level, though, <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, on a contract basis, though, if we really like something and we think it fits the the culture, mm-hmm. um, we'll put forward a contract. But um, it's very artist friendly, label friendly as well. It's just friendly um, in the sense that we only sign for one track with an artist. Um, usually, that's the plan moving forward, anyway. And um, it's a 50-50 split of digital revenue for 10 years and a 50-50 split on any merchandise that we sell. Um, so it's good we can report back to the artists with, you know, uh, a bit more of um, uh, budget to help them along um, yeah. in future. So, when you know, when we move merch and, and see revenue come in, then um, we report back to the artists with that. Uh, it's... Yeah, it's, it's quite clear um, once you get an understanding of, of the model um, that, yeah, we, we're really only interested in making a legitimate connection with the artists for one track, mm-hmm. um, but then they have a lifetime of exposure with Doomity and support. So they'll be on our website um, and we can help them with any future releases. A lot of our platforms are just set up to, to help kick out new releases. Yeah. Um, and um yeah it's it's um it's good it doesn't point to anything messy down the track or any legal stuff it's quite clear from both ends this is how it works um yeah which is i think probably a kind of new concept um and it just means that the artist still keeps a lot of their you know their rights their publishing etc so yeah um yeah that's how the contracts work cool um, what do you find uh, a lot of artists are releasing these days or are they going for more the single release option or the album release option? 
Yeah, look, most people now singles and videos. Um, yeah, and that's what we we tell people to do. And I think now it's it's a good idea to drop both at the same time. Mm. Um, it used to be like drop the song first and then follow up with the video. Um, but um, yeah, uh, from that perspective, it's um, it's good to see um, like from a budget as well. Bands can't really get the traction they'd like if they just drop an album. Mm. Um, if you can milk each release, of course, it's going to um, bring more content, more followers and fans to the release. So, um, yeah, it's something we advise people to, to look at. doesn't mean you can't do an EP or an album, um, yeah. but you probably want to build a decent, um, decent crowd before you do that. Yeah, it's hard to keep the attention span... Uh, well, on a single or an album for too long and mm-hmm. um, it feels like a, not a waste to do it on an album cause it, but um, it's hard to highlight the whole album for what it is in such yeah, a short absolutely. attention span time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you, you're going to get a lot of tracks that sort of get missed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, like I said, though, I think it's still a valid approach if you want to put yeah. out an EP or an album, um, you know, do that. But probably do it when you've got a, um, you know, a fan base that's, that's looking yeah. good and you're a bit further down the track. Um, we deal with emerging artists and established artists, so it doesn't matter what level they're at. Um, they all want to expand and lift their game. Um, mm. But if you're a new artist on the scene, I'd probably focus on putting out some singles um, yep. first and that can sort of help reduce reduce the recording costs a bit um, yeah yeah <clears throat> then you can perhaps pivot some more cash to the promo um, something that me and my peers often talk about is we get a, a lot of bands with amazing music um, but after the recording process they're exhausted financially and emotionally probably mm. um, and no one gets to hear it yeah. So, yeah, some, that's something we're often telling artists now. It's like you you got to have that marketing budget there, and then some streaming promotion spend is good a good idea as well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's a costly industry. It's only got more costly. <laughs> I think has, in that yeah. respect. Um, but perhaps um, from a production point of view. You know, um, you can save some cash there or repivot uh, your energy somewhere else so yeah uh that's what we advise and i think the whole industry knows that now um which is good i think you can put more effort into a single release and really express that song to the audience a lot more um through video etc um so i get i guess though too um you know if you put out an album you might do one or two film clips whereas Mm -hmm. if you're doing singles you you got to clip everything so um yeah, there's pros and cons to how our industry's evolved, I think, <laughs> mm. financially anyway. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, you know, some people might like your song, but then you don't have an album to back it up. They might actually go looking for an album that that song belongs yeah. on and there's no album to it. So, yeah, um, for sure. What are, um, what are some of the problems you face at Doomity? Um, it Sometimes you, you might be dealing with artists and, and um, you're explaining the model to them 
um, or you're engaging with new artists. And I think um, as soon as people hear the word records or look at you're a record label, um, it kind of uh, can be a bit wary. Um, so it's hard for us sometimes because we're not a traditional label and we're not, you know, looking at um, swallowing up a whole artist as far as their rights and publishing, etc. Um, but we often see, in some cases, bands that are very, very much sort of trying to protect their brand or protect their identity, which is cool. That I support that, but at the same time, it kind of cuts them off from extending their, you know, their branches out there. So um, that's one one thing we come across sometimes where. You know, we're trying to work with an artist to try and show them what's possible. Um, and the, and you often get a default response. I think it's programmed in people's minds is, mm-hmm. um, you know, we're just going to do our own thing. Yeah. And that's cool. We're, we're not really um, out there trying to sign everyone. Um, but we're creating a culture that's only going to be positive for anyone that gets involved. Um, but, yeah, sometimes you have to deal with um, people who are a bit protective of what they got. Um, and in the, in this day and age, we might as well go out there and say, we're a record label that tells you, you don't need a record label. Um, cause we support that. And that's what our model is designed for. We're only signing for one track, but then we're supporting the artists throughout the future of their works. If they, if they want that support. Yeah. 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 I think, um, people are just a bit distrustful of any outside, um, mm, entity absolutely. that you might have to sign with. Uh, I know I'm a bit like that, and I think that's partly because I've just got used to doing everything myself. Um, mm-hmm. So when and you know, and so- let's face it, the stories with record companies over the years aren't great. Yeah, you know. Um, saying that, there's a lot of great people that work at major labels and do a lot of great work for artists. So you can't discredit that. Um, but at the same time, it can be risky. Um, one of the things we encourage through Domini is to try and lift the artists up from a statistical point. Um, so if they do engage with major labels in future, they got a bit more bargaining power. Um, and yeah, from, um, my experience in the Australian music industry, especially, um, it's a small community. Mm. Um, it's a small population. Um, and I think the mental health issue with the world is is a big problem, major problem. But you see it really um, strongly in the music industry. Mm. Um, I think it's even worse, probably one of the worst industries for it. So trying to clean that up is a really big task. Um, and, you know, we can only put our best foot forward and try and be proactive in making things clearer. Um, I think any artist, whether they're a school student practicing violin and they thinking about the big wide world ahead, or they're an established band that's been around for 10 years, everyone deserves the right amount of information. Um, and I remember going back in our, you know, in the earlier years of our career and lying in bed at night thinking, what do I need to do? You know, what's the right, what, why don't I feel like I know what I need to do? Yeah. Um, and, you know, part of that is the industry doesn't ideally want everyone to know. Mm. Um, but at the same time, um, I just think everyone deserves that information and, 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 and deserves a fair crack at things. 
Um, and the music speaks at the end of the day. That's what, you know, that's what's going to determine your success yeah. um, as an artist. The only difference now is you need to have an online business mind for yes. the music industry. Yeah. So a lot of artists sign up for that. Um, mm. Too heavy, too much for them to handle or some people are naturally compatible with it and they get the concept and they're willing to learn and, and want to grow with um, technology. So, yeah. Yeah, you definitely see some artists are, are better at the social media presence than others. Um, I often kick myself um, about my own performance on social media. Um, you know, it's a bit of a, a time factor and, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm trying to get better at it and, um, you know, you've definitely thrown a few tips my way as well, but um, still something I struggle with. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, look, uh, if, if you don't want to go there, if you don't want to learn how to evolve in that space or you don't have someone within your band or within your network that's going to help you set the specs and drive your advertising and drive all of that, all those gears for mm. you, it's hard. Um, you could have great music, you can have great videos, you can have all of that happening, but you won't get traction online. Exactly. And no one else is going to do it for you. Um, so you really need to apply yourself to so many other things now. Yeah. used to be just music and get out there and play and, you know, build an audience. And now it's like, I've got to learn social media. I've got to learn how to move product um, and build an online business. Mm. Um, and yeah. throughout yeah. all our feeds on, on online, it's like every day someone's bombarding you with their ultimate strategy. Yeah. Just click this button and you'll be, you know, on your way. And that's another deterrent, I think, um, because people just feel like, oh, who do I trust? You know? Yeah. Am I going to get ripped off here? Sort of thing. So many platforms too. We're trying to clear. Yeah, yep. I just noticed recently Seven Digital trying to make a um, presence felt. Um, things are changing. Things are evolving. Mm. Facebook no longer wants anything to do with cover songs. Yeah, and I right. get it, you know. Um, a lot of artists have built their careers off that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, staying at the forefront of how, how the industry is changing is, um, is, is key. I often refer people to podcasts like Entrepreneur and Creative Juice Podcasts for that sort of thing um, because it's changing all the time and you can go and invest a shitload of cash here. Mm. All of a sudden that platform's gone. Yeah. Or, you know, so, yeah, it's uh, always um, ever-shifting sands. <clears throat> yeah, which means, you know, your business model as a label changes and our business model as artists has to change as well. So, uh, yeah, mm. constantly changing. Yep, and it's frustrating. Mm. Um, but, um, yeah, if, if you want to see your music spread in the right direction, mm. I encourage anyone to start thinking online business. Yeah. Um, branding products and um, yeah, getting getting more into the tech realm. So um, on the Australian music scene, how do you how do you think that stacks up? You know, in terms of well, compared to the rest of the world and within itself. Good question. Um, in my experience, of like, and when you when you testing 
things in the social media space, Australia is very expensive um, to get the kind of engagement and things that you hope for in Australia might cost you three or four, four times what it would overseas. So depending on where you point your advertising, um, I still feel that it's a little bit mafia kind of thing. Like, um, not, not to discredit, but it's such a tight community in Australia that it's really hard for artists to break in mm. and get a response from directors and people in the industry. Um, and everyone's, um, nobody's immune to that, um, you know, through throughout all the, the great people that do PR, um, you know, that help manage bands and, and stuff. It's, it's hard to break in there without obviously, you know, having someone at a major label, it's going to help you get through. Um, so you really got to rely on your own technique and probably put some cash behind yourself and back yourself if you want to get known in Australia. Yeah. Uh, you don't land on Triple J's Hottest 100 or something like that. It's a bit of, it's a, bit of a battle. Mm. Um, <clears throat> overseas, you know, Australians love art and music, love entertainment, love festivals, love sport. And, and that's a big part of why I love Australia. But um, I often find other countries are really into their art and music. Um, and you get a greater response. You get more bang for your buck. Um, so you might you might find your music appeals to another region in the world. And that's like, well, you might as well focus on that. You might as well double down on that. Mm. Um, if it's not popping in Australia, then, you know, why spend cash trying to, you know, advertise it here? Yeah. So how does um how does Doomity we've probably sort of touched on this but how does Doomity support artists in driving an income and you know and sort of help marketing their products and that sort of thing? Yeah, it all depends on what level the the bands are. Um, yeah, usually find one or two people in the band are more invested yeah. um, or more willing to learn the technology that they need. Um. Yeah. So. Where, where we step in is like we've we've built platforms where we can help them push out new releases. We've given them the right tools, the right resources. They can check in with us if they have pertinent questions that they need answered. I think a lot of the time in the music industry, um, people have these little gray areas. And unless they can talk face-to-face with someone and, and ask the questions that are really bugging them, it's frustrating as hell because, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, yeah, so like we like to have that face-to-face availability with like throughout our industry sessions and, you know, if an artist is stuck on something, even if it's like trying to integrate an online store or trying to come up with products, things like that, we're there to support them. And that can be anyone off the street, Yeah, you know, that doesn't have to be the artist that we work closely with. So my whole ethos has always been <clears throat> um, that everybody deserves the right information. So you know um sure we have little tricks and ways of trying to help our own signed artists get further ahead but um we're welcome welcome the public as well cool so what's the goal moving forward with doomity where what's uh oh next year especially especially i guess you know we're coming up to the end of 2020 Mm -hmm. um yep what's on the cards in the future for doomity Sure. Uh, we just launched our online store. So 
that's been um, a cool milestone. We're going to start, you know, we've got some apparel on there. We're, start, we're starting to like build a culture there, which is something we're going to expand on. Show us the shirt. Um, the, the other shirt? thing is, oh yeah, yeah that's uh, <laughs> cool. <sure. laughs> um, we've got uh, a small base too in Argentina. Um, great community there, very supportive bunch of friends over there, and um, we're starting to co-write some music with those guys. And I think a big part of our goal in the future is to try and get Australia to like as same what we're doing with this podcast with WA and Vic is like we want to see more of a bridge between Australia and South America mm-hmm. um, and hopefully get some artists touring over there um, and vice versa. So it's a community build we're working on there. Um, we are looking at bringing on some skate and um, other board riders with our team, trying to get out there in videos, you know, run some lifestyle ads and stuff. So um yeah it's it's pretty much it in a nutshell um my project i've had on the i had on the shelf for quite a few years now um because i've been focused on the label so i'm now in the studio doing four new songs for tobias wonderdog mm-hmm. and uh looking forward to getting them out early next year as well right so tobias wonderdog that's your that's your alias kind of like mine acoustic fox um, sure. Singer songwriter. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, it says on your bio that you began as a trumpet player and uh, ventured yeah. out of classical into rock. Mm-hmm. Is that last year or yeah, um, <laughs> very early on? <laughs> very early on. Yep. Um, yeah, I was, fell in love with trumpet at a young age and started to progress there. And I was playing in concert bands and big bands and orchestras. At the same time, I was entrenched in the oils probably listening to even some punk and some metal Mm -hmm. back then and i was like why am i playing music that probably only you know middle-aged grape guzzlers would enjoy Mm. if you know what i mean it it was it was a really good experience um but i just felt driven to teach myself guitar and songwrite then i started a little three piece band called third person that um it was a really cool project. It was on YouTube. It's it's on YouTube with a few demos. So I've got a YouTube channel with lots of crusty old demos, stuff that I listen to and go, oh. but <laughs> it's just the rawness was was cool and it was a journey. Um, so like some of my first ever recordings are on there. Um, and then as you know, we played some gigs with you guys back in the day with Upstream. Yeah, and um, that started to blend into more hard, upbeat rock. Um, stuff mm-hmm. and um, and in, in the last sort of few years, it was like oh, I need to rebrand um, with Tobias Wonderdog, and I thought, oh, how do I do that? And I thought of the the most amazing animal that I had when I was a kid. It was just a little boy, but I had this dog that lived for like twenty four years, right. um, and he was just a legend. He, he became a hero in our neighborhood and and stuff. <laughs> so um, I thought oh, that's cool. I can. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to have that band name. Nah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, and um, launched from there, but um, it was quite a few years of pre-production and getting ready to fund an EP that we put out. And um, and now we're um, looking at going to the next level with four four new tracks mm-hmm. for next year that um, I'm really putting the effort into um, to make sure that they shine. 
So when can we expect that? And are you dropping it as an EP or? No, I'll probably put out four singles yeah. over the next year or so. Yeah. Um, yeah, hopefully see one um, early next year, mm-hmm. first one. Cool. Look forward to that. Um, yeah. I was trying to think, like my, my, my memory is really foggy sometimes and yours might be too. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you remember when we first met or how we first met? When did we bump into each other? Do you remember? Yeah, good question. Jeez, <laughs> for the and life of me, then, I can't remember. It was, yeah, back then there were so many great bands. Mm. I can't. One thing I can't forget is is the amount of bands that we had back then. Mm. And this was probably two thousand and four to two thousand and ten, yep. around that sort of time. And there's bands in Melbourne that were, excuse my French, fucking amazing. Mm. You know, it was a really good um, time. But going nowhere. Yeah, yeah. It was just great. Um, and not only that, it's just the whole the scene and all the festivals we were going to and stuff. Um, it's hard for me to identify exactly how we first met, but I'm sure it would, would have been due to putting on a show somewhere. Yeah. Because we played so many and your band was, was just as um, active. So I think we, we teamed up to try and, you know, get a few, get a few punters in and, and make some successful events mm. back in those days. Um, and then, you know, in a similar way, I think you've restructured with your own solo acoustic project, um, which has got elements of that, <clears throat> I feel. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, hard for me to pinpoint though. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My memory's extremely foggy. Yeah. Um, it seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but yeah, it was a really good time, wasn't it? You know, sort of the mid 2000s to, to 2010 and you, you sort of didn't realize what for me at least what we were in like the sort of and it went beyond just the scene it was um it was bigger than that i think um but mm. yeah just so many great very bands. very exciting time yeah lots of gigs um yep. and mm. yeah and then it just kind of kind of stopped like a few bands that we were pretty close with I think ended for one reason or another. Like we almost, there was about three or four of us that almost sort of came together as a small uh, group and a small label. But then something happened with uh, one of the guys that was sort of going to bring us all together. I think he passed away, and then it everything mm-hmm. just fell out. Um, a couple of the bands yeah, broke up. We broke up. Um, and it's something that really um, it kills me because. A lot of great bands back then um, never even really got the chance to embrace the new industry. So they couldn't, they might have put in like hundreds of shows, all that time and effort, never got a, a, an album or an EP distributed um, and may have trickled a few things like MP3s out there. Um, there's a couple of bands that I absolutely love. And I'll probably never see their music online. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think um, any artist that's coming into the industry now is in a really, really good position because they don't have to fumble through a lot and make a lot of mistakes if they do the right things. Mm. And the industry's reshaped in a way that um, can help them get a lot more spread because back then, what were we on, MySpace? Yeah. You know? Um something yeah there wasn't was, much facebook was or, or anything like that it was yeah no. just just sort of myspace but it, it was just it wasn't really a big part of the online presence like 
we've got to deal with now. It was there, but um, it's just it was just an easy way to say, "Hey, here's my music," mm, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, without building a website, that's funny. I remember back then I was trying to stuff around with code, you know, yeah. right? <laughs> HTML and try and build basic websites, and it was just a nightmare. Thankfully, we have platforms like Banzoogle and that now that are built for the artists, yep. and you can go in and update things, and it's easy, but. For many years, I think a lot of us were scratching our heads, like trying to think, how are we going to build a website without paying 10 grand for it? Yeah. Um, you know, yep. so I think a lot of things have come come along that are positive and a few more challenges as well. Do you think there's more to do for the artist now? I mean, uh, being your own brand, there's there's more work that we have to do as our own artists because mm. you've got your yeah, gigs, absolutely. your songwriting, comes- rehearsal, Yep. And then all your online stuff. So, sure. Yeah. And that comes whether you're affiliated with the label or not. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's a constant job. Probably not for everyone. Mm. Um, you know, some bands might not have anyone in the band that wants to deal with that stuff. Um, yeah. But uh, look, it, it's not it's not that challenging. I think the, the biggest thing is um, getting the right support so people can. You know, through our resources and that, we try and point people where they can get direct information that can sort of answer their questions. Mm-hmm. Yep. Try and help them in that in that space. So, um, but yeah, a lot more to do, a lot more production and presentation and posting schedules and all of those sorts of things that um, you got to keep up with if you really want to um, keep keep growing. Yeah. Um, and part of part of the ideology behind Doom is is um, Doom is not to see a digital asset stall. Um, a lot of bands tour the country, win awards, got a huge discography, but they're not getting much traction, not, mm. not getting a lot of listeners, etc. And it's like, well, how can we help flip that around? Yeah. Um, you can have bands that are selling out shows all the time, you know, putting on great events and successful events, but might only have 50 subscribers on YouTube or a couple of, hundred listeners on Spotify and it's like, well, that doesn't really run in line with what I'm feeling in the live scene. Do you think every platform needs to be uh, conquered by these artists, by every artist? Like, you know, do you need to be, have a huge um, SoundCloud presence, uh, YouTube presence, Spotify listenership? Do you know what I mean? Do Do you have to be on all those yeah, platforms and killing um, it? I don't think so. Mm. Um, if you want YouTube growth, you've got to post all the time. Mm. That's why we see astrologers and all of that. Just every week there's a new video, every mm. few days there's a new video, and they can maintain the growth. Um, YouTube's had a hard time recently with Joe Rogan taking all the podcasts to Spotify. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's still a battle in that digital realm with between the big players. And we're always going to see further updates on on what's going on in that space. Um, no one's really sure of the future still. Um, but, uh, you know, you, you probably Spotify is your best friend and your worst enemy. Yeah. Um, don't believe that um, their business model has done anything but drive capital for themselves. So... Mm. I think a, um, a good point to make is one of my colleagues many years ago, um, and I'll never forget it, he said to me, the problem he sees in the music industry is there's no global 
deal for artists. So as you know, in every other country, there's different rules, different territories, different ways of doing things, and it just makes it really hard on a, on a big level. I mean, we're all you got some of the bigger, the bigger, biggest artists in the world kicking up about Spotify mm. and stuff, but we're still not getting anywhere. No. So I think until the world unites on that on that level where we're all under the same umbrella and we're all treated with the same level of respect yeah. or um, reimbursement for our work, um, it's just really challenging. Yeah, I mean, the, um, the lack of revenue for artists on Spotify is often brought up and then you see the CEO who's worth a... I don't know, two point something billion or something like that, or maybe he yeah, just made just that last up year. Wall Street, yeah. um, <laughs> but then you know, each stream for an artist is worth point zero 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 three of a percent or something mm -hmm. like that. You know, so yeah, you know, I'm at the moment I'm I'm trying to push my Spotify uh, listenership mm -hmm. and follows and streams and all that, but that's not where I'm gonna sort of get any revenue back. I know that. Um, Mm. But you know, I love Spotify as a as a listener, as a as a music fan. I could, if you could think back to the days where we came from, um, you know, we just could never dream of getting the organic growth of listeners. So it's got a positive there where your music can spread quite quickly yeah. out onto playlists, and people who never heard of you can get the chance. So it's positive from that perspective. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not fair. It's not right. Mm. Um, I'm sure the rest of the artist community agrees with us there. Um, but um, for the time being, try and use it to your advantage. Try and um, keep an eye on those stats and see where your music's appealing most. Mm. Um, another thing that we, you know, if you're looking at looking for revenue and stuff, is Domini really encourages artists to try and put the effort in to create niche products that can appeal to their fans. Um, and if you can campaign them properly, mm. that can be a good revenue source to try and help fund projects and touring. Um, but again, that's a big step for a lot of artists. That's throwing yourself into the online business world yeah. um, and integrating sales channels and products. And that's not really, if you look at it, it's not really something that's previously run in line with being an artist. So, um, yeah, it's another challenge, but, um, we're here to help in that sense. Cool. Um, and we, we don't really have any, you know, it can be anyone off the street. It can be a kid in school. It can be a band that's been kicking for 10 years. They can come to us and get a lot of help in that area. Yep. Um, I welcome if someone has a question that's really been bugging them, I welcome them. To, to get in touch mm -hmm. i just can't respond to a million questions repetitively every day of the week yeah um but i'm always pretty um i like to keep the door open in case someone needs some help um the other thing is through our sessions that we do um you know i i encourage any serious artists to get involved in those because um you know we do a session that's like $100 for two hours um, and it's two to three stages of that depending on when the art, where what level the artist is at. Um, and say they go through every stage, one, two, and three, and they've spent $300 with us. Um, for that $300, it's 
God, it's just incredible the amount of knowledge and the resources they get from that. So um, I don't like to charge artists for my time because I just like to help everyone, but I do need to be mindful. I have a family and kids and responsibilities and, um, and sort of need to make sure that I get something back for my time. Yeah. Uh, but recently I've done a string of free sessions in Perth. Mm -hmm. Thanks to Around the Sound, they um, popped a, a post out there for us and we got a huge response and it's been good just touching in with artists and, and um, you know, trying to give something back for what's been a really difficult year. Yeah. So what are some of the artists you've got on Doomity at the moment that you're working with? Yeah, um, we recently had Alexandra come on and she's moving along in leaps and bounds. Um, then Tobias Wonderdog, we've got some new releases coming up there. Um, a guy in Perth here, Bluntfield, he's a rapper, mm -hmm. MC. Um, just a great dude, totally community-driven. So he's he supports everything and everyone in the arts community and that's something that really appealed with us. Plus, he's really talented um and has a core message that runs in line with Doomity. So um we're looking forward to some new releases from him. Another band called The Milkman. Um you might have seen some of that stuff. It's like alternative country um acoustic stuff. Yeah, I think and you sent me some stuff. They got a song Yeah. Yeah, they got a song called State of Mind and the first mm. time I heard it, it just blew me off my chair. Mm. Um so we're in in um in the, taking the steps now to get some um, some of these artists locked in with new releases for next year, um, another another project in Argentina, as you know, we've got um, friends over there, Sir Bohemio. Um, we're going to be doing a lot of um, collaboration there. Um, yeah, so I think there's no shortage of great art out there. There's a hell of a lot of great bands that we'd like to have bring on board. Um, at the same time, we need to take baby steps financially because we can't just bring on heaps of artists and um, put cash into their releases or their campaigns all at the same time. Mm. Yeah. So it's about yeah careful steps and making sure that we identify that the bands that we are engaged with understand our culture, understand our model, working towards a collective growth, and if they have that mindset and they have great music as well, then that's what we're looking for. Awesome. Well, where can people find you? So you got doomityrecords.com? Yeah, we're on all platforms like Facebook, Instagram, the website, online stores up now. Um, yeah, if, if anyone wants to, you know, get in touch, they're more than welcome to reach out and send us an email and, and like to respond to as many people as we can. Um, but, um, yeah, and we encourage the sessions if they, you know, really want to take a step forward, do it. It's going to help. Um, and all our partners that are involved in Doomity throughout the press and we've got some amazing PR managers, um, that, you know, I'm happy to, um, to recommend, um, and a lot of channels that yeah. are useful. So, um, but yeah, online, anywhere you'll find us, um, Get in touch, and um, yeah, we'll be we'll be there to help. Cool. So yeah, Doomity. Just to uh, just to recap, is a modern platform label uh, offering industry coaching and promotion for emerging artists, career planning, release strategy, social media support, ads manager coaching. Um, 
marketing tools and tips, online store support, heaps of stuff. So go over to doomityrecords.com, check it out, check out the store. Uh, what sort of products you got at the store there, Matt? You got the T-shirts? Yeah, look, a um, bit of a range there, but uh, it's something we're going to be expanding on a lot more. Uh, but hoodies and yep. tees and accessories and stuff. So, um, yeah, it's been good to get that up and running. And, um, yeah, it's something we're going to expand on very quickly. Wicked. All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on the show. Nice to have you on Fox on the Wire. It's been a long time coming, I think. Yeah, it's good to good to finally get it out of the way. So, um, yeah, thanks for your time and great questions. And, um, yeah, it's been great. No worries, man. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, go check out doomityrecords.com. And thank you, Matt, for coming on the show. And we'll see everyone again soon. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for tuning into today's show. I just wanted to thank Matt again for coming on the show and talking about Doomity Records. Check out doomityrecords.com. I just wanted to thank our sponsor, Muses of Mystery, musesofmystery.com. And I just wanted to take the show out with a snippet of my new single called This Time, which is available on all digital platforms. Uh, Check it out if you like it. Here's a quick snippet to take the show out today. Thanks for listening. Cheers. Well, it's hard to turn and lost my mind.